Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, I am so glad that you're joining me today. This week's podcast is all about discussing one of the most common questions that I receive on a daily basis. The question is, how can I help my dog stop itching and scratching? I'm going to give you a glimpse of what sets off this immune reaction that creates the itchy dog, along with a few steps you can take so that you can make such a difference in your pet's life. I meet with clients regularly who have a pet that is scratching themselves to the point of bleeding. They're licking their paws to the point of discoloring them, keeping them up at night, itching. And many of these clients have been seeing their veterinarian on a regular basis, working diligently to stop the itch. With each veterinarian visit, they were prescribed many pharmaceuticals, ranging from antibiotics and steroids to Apoquil and Cytopoint. These meds worked for a little while, but now they've stopped doing their job and the pet is back at it, making everyone miserable. Many of these same clients have vaccinated their dogs annually and are what they consider are up to date. These pet parents are very conscientious, and when they receive their postcard from the veterinarian that they are due for their shots, they dutifully comply, not having any idea the risks associated with annual vaccinations. Most of these clients are feeding a dry premium kibble and have either never changed their pet food or have changed it multiple times in hopes that they will find the food that fixes their pet's issue since the problems must be related to their food. Most of these customers, again, being conscientious, are giving their pet conventional monthly heartworm preventative and flea and tick preventative with no awareness that these meds come with a host of potential side effects. So the majority of the clients that I see are anxious to meet with me so that I can help them find their pet a miracle food that can finally work to help their pet that is plagued with allergies and seems to be allergic to their world. For the pet parent, this is a very maddening cycle. They are doing everything the vet has told them to do, even trying prescription food and sometimes even a hydrolyzed chicken diet. What is hydrolyzed chicken? Hydrolysis uses water to chemically break proteins into pieces that are so small that the immune system no longer reacts to them. So we're literally giving our pets a food that starts out to have little to no nutritional value, then breaking it down so that the protein can no longer be recognized by the body. How does this make sense for a carnivore that thrives on eating meat, organs, and bones? Unfortunately, this is conventional medicine's answer to the pet plagued with allergies. There is no connection made between the animal with so-called allergies and all the vaccinations and medications that have been administered in the name of prevention. So let's break some of the details down. Let's say you start with a puppy. You take it in for its first wellness exam, and he's given a good bill of health and a five or eight-way vaccination right off the bat before sending you on your way. The puppy may act a little lethargic for a couple of days, but you were warned that this is a normal response to the vaccinations. 
Then you're told to bring him in every few weeks for his booster shots, which is another five or eight way vaccination. Some of you may be wondering what is a five or eight way vaccination? So I'm going to break it down for you. A five way includes distemper, adenovirus, kennel cough, parinfluenza, and parvovirus. The eight-way vaccine includes distemper, adenovirus, parinfluenza, parvovirus, four types of leptospirosis, and canine coronavirus. Can you ever imagine that a puppy or any adult dog would come in contact with that many viruses or bacteria at one time? Of course not. And not only are our pets vaccinated once with the mambo-jambo vaccination combination, but several times as a puppy, then again annually as an adult. No wonder the body's overwhelmed. This could be the most unnatural way for a body to be exposed to disease. If you think about it, we have an amazing innate immune system built into all of us, protecting us from viruses, bacteria, and all sorts of diseases every single day. Our immune system, which is our best line of defense, fights off diseases and viruses all the time without us even knowing it. When you vaccinate, you're bypassing the immune system first line of defense, which is our skin, mucous membranes, and our gastrointestinal tract. Additionally, vaccinations include many harmful antigens like mercury, aluminum, and formaldehyde that make the vaccination take. Since the immune system recognizes the vaccine as an assault, it sends the body into overdrive and sets the body up for autoimmune disease, which many times manifests itself as allergies. Basically, allergies are the body's way of saying that the immune system is totally confused. So what are some other long-term effects of vaccinations? Of course, one of them, allergies. Any other skin condition, including rashes and chronic itching, reverse sneezing, anxiety, obsessive behavior, fears, aggression, seizures, and death. So now that you know how the immune system gets confused, let's walk through the conventional preventative veterinarian model. So shots are due. You take them in for their annual vaccinations. And between one and maybe six months, they start itching and may even have a few hot spots or bumps show up on the body. You make an appointment to go see your vet who says, oh, gosh, they, they just have allergies and they prescribe a round of antibiotics and steroids. You start administering the prescribed drugs. Things seem to be getting better. And then two to three months later, the itch has returned. You go back to your veterinarian, and now this time, they prescribe something a little stronger. Uh, this time, it's Apoquil. You start the meds. Again, seem, things seem to be improving. Then a few months later, the itch is back. You go back in to see the vet, and this time, they tell you that your pet needs an injection of Cytopoint, which should do the trick. But just FYI, you must keep going in weekly for injections and in every four to eight weeks as needed. So you get on board and then guess what? You just received a notification that your pet's vaccinations are due again. Now you're in what I like to call the conventional model hamster wheel of disease, the model of insanity. 
To make matters worse, many people are feeding a heavy starch, carb-laden diet, or even a prescription diet, which coupled with the antibiotics and other medications administered, sets up a breeding ground for yeast to take over since the gut microbiome has been disrupted. Now, on top of the vaccination damage, you're dealing with a yeasty dog. The madness continues. If this all sounds scary familiar, you may be asking yourself how you get out of this nightmare. And good for you. If you continue to stay in this disease model, your pet's health will continue to decline. And the next thing you know, you're hearing the dreaded cancer diagnosis. It happens every single day. The immune system can only withstand so much before it cries uncle. Dr. Ronald Schultz is a leading immunologist. He's out of the University of Wisconsin. He has dedicated his life to studying vaccinations and the immune system. He has stated that there is a lack of knowledge about adverse effects and limited studies to prove the effectiveness of vaccines. He goes on to say that the trend of giving dogs annual vaccines is not only harmful, it's unnecessary. Research done by Dr. Schultz shows that immunity from most core vaccines can last as long as 9 to 15 years, making annual dog vaccines unnecessary. Something many pet parents are not aware of is that with every vaccine, there is a label that states, only to be administered to a healthy pet. If your dog or cat has any of the following, they are not considered a healthy pet. Allergies, diabetes, epilepsy, Cushing's, Addison, cancer, and many, many more. I just met with a client who was telling me about the dog that she lost a few years ago. She had had epilepsy along with a multitude of other health issues. Her veterinarian was still vaccinating her annually. A dog that already has neurological issues should not be receiving a vaccine that includes more neurotoxins like mercury and aluminum. This pet parent didn't know any better. She trusted what the vet recommended, and she had to say goodbye to the love of her life at only four years old. So what do you do if your pet is not deemed a healthy pet? You do have some alternatives. Nosodes are a way to obtain immunity naturally. In another podcast episode I've recorded, I interviewed Dr. Todd Cooney, where he talks all about no-sodes. You can go back and listen to it. The title of it is called Vaccine Versus No-Sodes. Another way is titer tests. Titer tests are a blood test that tests the level of antibodies in a pet's blood to different viruses like parvo, distemper, adenovirus, and more. Most veterinarians should be able to offer you a titer test. You can also go to the website protectthepets.com, and Dr. Rob um, runs the website and that organization, and he used to be a veterinarian for Banfield Animal Hospital until he saw all the damage that was created by vaccinations. He now focuses on helping pet parents with a low-cost option for titer testing. So why do we receive the postcard annually for our pet booster shots? Well, one reason is it's a huge moneymaker. Vaccinations cost veterinarians around 60 to 90 cents per dose, while clients are charged around 15 to 25 dollars per dose. 
I do want to add something here. I know that most veterinarians that start out do so for the love of animals. Unfortunately, the schools that they attend are funded and taught by the pharmaceutical industry and the top three pet food companies, Hill Science Diet, Royal Canin, and Purina. So if we understand that they are coming from that background, we have to recognize that what they recommend is all that they know and what they have been taught. This leads me to what our responsibility is to our pets. We as pet parents have to take charge of our pet's health. Believe me, I strongly believe that there is a place for veterinary care, and when I need it, I'm so thankful they're there. Veterinarians thrive when it comes to emergencies and surgery. Where they fall short is managing and maintaining health and wellness as they mostly manage disease. This is where we come in as pet parents. I like to think that I am my pet's wellness coach, supporting the body with the use of fresh, raw food, homeopathy, and herbs will kickstart the body to heal itself. Knowing which ones to use is an important part of it as well. As you can see, there are many more factors that can lead to an itchy dog than just choosing the right food, which many pet parents think is the, is the main cause. Food is a huge part of the picture as it is so critical to the immune system working well. Avoiding toxin exposure is another huge part of the health model that includes limiting vaccinations and eliminating toxic pesticides. There are many natural alternatives that protect your pets from parasites like heartworms, fleas, and ticks. Supporting the body by helping to remove some of the damage created by the vaccines is important. Supporting the health of the gut is another critical component since 80 to 90% of our immune system resides in the gut. I've helped many pet parents with their pets by working to get to the root of the issue and back on the road to health. I use a combination of ways to determine the best course of action to take. One tool that I use is an assessment that tests over 200 food triggers and 100 environmental triggers. By eliminating the triggers while supporting the body with natural supplements, amazing changes begin to happen not only for the pets, but their owners as well. Commitment to the process is key. We live in a quick-fix society, and most of us are looking for the quick-fix approach. We also have to recognize that the body didn't get out of balance overnight. We must support it and be patient while it's healing. If a lot of what is in this episode resonates with you, or you know someone that has a dog that is plagued with allergies, you can reach out to me or another holistic practitioner that can help. If you're interested in learning more about how to turn your pet into a pet who thrives, let me know. You're welcome to reach out to me on Facebook, uh, DM me, or you can send me an email at Tammy at BarkAvenueMarket.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.